0: We're not going to pass you yet, Yes, sir. Let's go, man. Yes, sir. Dude, I, I'm I'm telling you, we've been excited about this. I I thought we lost you when we moved up, and I'm excited to get you here. We're excited to get you here. We got a heck of a foundation growing, man. It's gonna be fun You feel me? Yes, sir. I can't wait. All gas, brother. Let's roll, man. Hey. I'm... What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn of the Jets podcast. I'm your host Will Parkinson at Will 11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Joined by Toj, zone Greg Armstrong. Greg, how you doing today?
1: I'm good, man. I caught I caught a lot of sun today out on the golf course. I had this polo on, still look like an asshole. But, oh, sorry about swearing, but <laughs> no, nah, you're good. Don't worry
0: about it. You know, man, no, it's it's hot out. It's the middle of summer, exciting times. Obviously, um, Jets about a week into camp so far. Green and white scrimmage coming up. Football is kind of starting to. Be in the air, getting the back half of summer. What are your initial takeaways from camp? Bin so far, obviously a lot's gone on. What's what's the stuff that stood out to you the most from uh, first, I guess, eight practices, nine practices here so far?
1: Uh, I mean, the obvious one is the Elijah Moore Zach Wilson thing, but I think that the main the, one of my favorite things is how uh, Lawson and Becton are are kind of challenging each other because I mean Lawson's like the like the real. I think he's going to be the real deal this season, uh, especially in the way that. They see the way the Jets team they're going to be running their their defensive line, um, and and kind of rotating guys out. So it's going to be a lot of fresh legs on the field uh, a lot of the time. But having Becton, you know, because it's one thing for Beckton to learn in season, uh, and I think he, you know, obviously last year he had a really really good year, despite you know the COVID stuff and and no preseason games, he still was very very good. However, I think him learning from an elite pass rusher. And getting that extra time in training camp with a guy like with a guy like Lawson, I think that's only going to bode well. It's it's going to you know raise his ceiling in a year too. In a year where he's, I don't want to say he's got to step up, but a lot of people are counting on him to take that next level. And I think I don't think he would be able to get there without having a guy like Lawson and learning from. I think I think we could say Lawson's on on pace. I think to be like an elite pass rusher. You can make the case he is already. I mean, I think it's just like a notch below. But learning from a guy like that who has the experience that Lawson does, I think is going to be huge for Beckton in year two.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I totally agree. I think, you know, that that matchup is only going to make both of them better. Bryce Huff said on the podcast earlier in the weeks, so iron sharp is iron. And, like, for them, it's a, huge, it's a huge deal. I think, obviously, you know, you mentioned it, the the Wilson and Moore combination is obviously – super exciting as a fan, super as exciting, you know, watching the game, covering the game. But um, I've also just, what stood out to me most is honestly the competence and the continued competence from the organization of just like, <laughs> we're not, every day I've been at practice or everything I've heard, you're watching all these things, there's kind of a circus happen around the league of teams that the Jets have been that team for a long time. And there's been a lot of just like, we want to play, we're going to play football. We're going to teach these guys. We're going to get better. And it's just, there's no drama. It feels like, um you know you look across town at the Giants and some things that are going on there and the Bengals and other other situations there's no COVID stuff there's no huge fights there's no players showing up out of shape like everything is just going in a sense of like we're here and we mean business and we want to we want to get better every day and I know Salah preaches that but the fact that it's actually being followed through on I think is a huge deal um it's crazy right like yeah that's crazy seriously it is
1: <laughs> like from from the things that we've seen you know from a training camp perspective even in this the last couple of years I mean Gase is a debacle you know you had the you had the Geno Smith thing in Bowles's first year uh like it just seems it's it's just super weird right like we get excited and I think as fans we we get excited just when the team's back on the field and you see the clips from camp but then like it, all, all of a sudden, it just feels like you know this guy gets like, pulls a hamstring and is out for a lot of time, or this guy is not doing this; he's holding out or some something weird like that. And this is the first year where you know the Wilson thing. It's crazy how just that boil, like blows over when he signs his deal. Right? It was just two days, and then everyone was just like they were losing their minds. when he signs his deal, and no one's ever going to remember that he held out for held out for two days. Um, but like that was really kind of the only thing. You know, Q's foot, it's not one of those things where we get an update on, like, a Friday afternoon. Like, oh, he's, like, way behind in his rehab. Like, I, I've seen him. He's been at practice. Um, you know, and, and a lot of these guys, it just seems like it's just maintenance stuff, right? Like, I know you, you were tweeting out that AVT was on, off to the side the other day. Like, if its its I think it's fine for a rookie because it's their first NFL training camp, right? Like, we all talk, like, a lot of the NFL players talk about how it's a totally different experience and going into it as a rookie. So that to me is not a big deal. None of these guys are like super injured. It's just maintenance days. And like coming from the past that we've had with this team, and even just seeing it, you know, in the clips that we saw from camp this past weekend, where it seems like, you know, the players are genuinely excited. And, you know, Sala goes and he addresses the crowd. It's it's not it's I think the the whole it's awesome, but it's the smaller things, right? Where you know, I was talking we I put in the, the TOJ Slack where it's like these small things that Salah says that really don't mean a lot, but it's not something that as Jet fans we've seen over the past like decade or so, even with Rex too, right? The bravado, all that kind of stuff. But it got to a point where she's like, just man, just go win some football games, please. And w- with Salah, it seems like, Hey, look, I understand like this isn't, we're not going to win the Super Bowl in year one. This is a couple year process, but we're going to follow the process. And that's what we're going to do. And then having a plan, it, it just, it finally feels like the Jets are in some good hands.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I it's just, it's the it's the lack of craziness. I know that sounds so right. weird, and it's, there's no drama, there's no, even like, if you really think about it, right, Marcus May, this Marcus May situation, obviously, we saw it a year ago with Jamal Adams to a certain extent, yeah. but even just, if you think about it, Mo Wilkerson went through this, Leonard Williams went through this, all these different guys, and, and Jonathan Velma went through it back in the day, and all these different things, but Marcus May showed up and was like, no, I'm going to play football, and that's it. Like, he yeah. addressed it one time. It's over. Um, you know, even just watch the energy. Like, I know it's it's really is it's not a big deal, obviously. And you've, you mentioned this before, the small things. Look, these rookies and Elijah Moore and Michael Carter and Elijah Vera Tucker going to have to pump up the fans pre-practice. And just this excitement of, like, we want to do something here. Right. I, I do think goes a long way. Um, I wanted to get into, obviously, we'll, we'll touch on the Elijah Moore stuff because it is – it is pretty awesome. Um, what's been your biggest, I guess, impression of the first eight, nine days of camp from him? Is it anything you didn't expect or is it a lot of just like reaffirming like this guy was a beast and I thought he was gonna be really good and I'm glad he's showing it already?
1: I think like it's one thing to see what he did in college and kind of projecting his role into the Jets offense. It's another thing to actually see it, right? And and I, I think it's funny in camp we get a lot where a guy will do it on offense, and you always get like the crowd of people were being like, "Oh, well, he was going up against like name like a bad cornerback," and it's like, "Okay, I understand that." However, like this dude hasn't even played an NFL game, and he's still doing these type of things, right? So, you know, if you're going to be that type of person, I mean, go ahead and be that type of person. Mm-hmm. But for more, it's just it's actually seeing it in practice, right? And you know, not and not seeing them kind of. Hold him back, if you will, right? Where, you know, they're only putting them in these special packages. And because we've seen that, and a lot of teams have done that before, right? Where you get a guy like Moore, he can do so much. And teams, like, for whatever reason, they just ease him in with these weird end arounds and these, you know, tunnel screens and all these other things. And it's just like, okay, like, why don't we see what he can do? Let's see how he can, you know, different spots to line up outside. Can he line up inside and work backwards to those. End rounds and those other types of plays and it seems like the Jets are doing that and not pigeonholing him into this like oh when Elijah Moore comes in we can expect you know this weird play right and they're actually making him a part of the offense and I think you know and with the Mims thing I was talking with with Connor Rogers today about like you know Mims a guy I think a lot of us were high on coming into year two after what we saw last year any other year with this team Mims you know practicing with the threes is like the world is ending and now it's just like they have the depth of, you know with Corey Davis Crowder there Moore's been balling in camp I've seen some good things from Keelan Cole like that's it's it's like okay like Mims is not might not get a lot of playing time to start like that's okay
0: yeah no I, I mean the thing with Moore that's the most impressive to me is that everything that's you've seen on tape I did not get to watch him in person last year I'm of people did not obviously with COVID things like that, but you see him in person and it reaffirms everything you see on film, which is obviously great. The work ethic is there. You hear the quotes and using Connor Hughes article today. I think it was released today. It was really, it was really good to hear that type of stuff. And you you knew that drive was there. You could tell he was like pissed off. He fell to 34. Um, But, you know, getting on the MIMS thing, my issue is that I didn't, I was really disappointed at what I saw in person. I think Denzel Mims has a real future with this team. I think he's got a lot of potential. He's got the athleticism. He's got talent. He works hard. He There's something off, and I, I can't tell if it's the mental side of the game slowing him down, and he's playing slow on purpose. Like, not on purpose, but you're playing slow because you don't really know where you're supposed to be every play. You're not, you're not confident where you're at. He came off two torn hamstrings, which I've talked about a million times is that's going to take a really long time for him to get that confidence back to really open up and it's affecting them the drops. Then it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. There's all these different factors. I would not over panic about Denzel Mims, but I would say what I saw in person was less than impressive. And I was very nervous watching some of the routes. I was like, that that's not a guy who we saw last year or I watched in college. There's a very difference. Whereas Elijah Moore if I came in, the guy you see on tape is the guy you saw Day one, he is locked and loaded. Mims, it's going to take a while. I, I would not be surprised if he is not playing significant reps until middle of the season when you don't know what's going to happen. Jamison Crowder, depending on where the team is and, and these different types of things and injuries, but I don't think it's a bad thing for the Jets. It, it's a good problem to have, oh, this second round pick that showed some flashes is struggling in camp, but we have three guys that are clearly better than him right now. That's Okay. I don't think they're in a situation where like Denzel Mims last year had to be the number one receiver because everyone else stunk. Right. So I don't know. I I just think we're not talking. People are not talking about Corey Davis enough. I loved what I saw in person. I loved what I've seen on tape. I love what I think everyone sees from him. Jameson Crowder is a very good NFL player. I think TOJ as a whole. And I think you were in agreement with this. Did I want to pay Jamison Crowder $11 million? No. But did I want Jamison Crowder on this roster? Of course. Why would you not want an additional weapon? So, um, you know, I I think the chemistry that Wilson's built with Moore and Davis, it looks like especially Keelan Cole has made some flashes. Vincent Smith's had a good camp, which is interesting to me, because I I thought he was going to make the roster just out of a special teams guy, return kicks. Him and Barrios kind of feel like those guys that can do a little bit of everything on special teams. The one, the one position I know you were big on, you were a huge Michael Carter guy, and we've talked about this on Twitter spaces, but what's your impression so far been of the running back room? Because they had a great day today. I think that the room is more talented than people want to give it credit for. Where are you at with the the running back room as a whole and how excited are you about Michael Carter um, going into 2021 and beyond? The
1: the room as a whole, I mean, I I've just seen a lot of what people have been saying on Twitter. I personally haven't seen a lot of you know uh, of actual videos which is fine like in training camp the the run game is kind of like you can't really gather a lot of it right you know p ryan has been getting a lot of buzz um i'm still not sold on him until i see it in game um but it's, it's nice to see that you know he's getting some buzz tevin coleman's a guy that i've been seeing a lot of good things about and he was someone who i thought could sneaky have like a a pretty solid season this year. I think a lot of people were writing him off due to the injuries, rightfully so. I mean, he hasn't really played a lot in the or last year and he always seems to be hurt at some point, but I think if if he can remain, you know, fairly healthy, I think he'll be a good back. And I, I think it'll be a good learning tool for these guys, especially in this offense and Carter, man, like he, I just, I want to see what they have in store for him with this offense, because, you know, I, I saw some – you see some things in the um, – when he played in North Carolina where you can, can put him as a receiver. He, he can be a receiving back. I don't, I don't think you want to use that as his sole thing. But, you know, I think that's a guy who you can come in and add a little bit of juice um, during games. And then even, even guys like Ty Johnson, like, from where we were, I would say, before camp started, I thought it was going to be, you know, Ty Johnson – maybe Michael Carter trying to duke it out for the, the RV one type of, you know, uh, reps. Uh, and then it was just kind of a mystery after that. Like I, I didn't believe in P ride. I had no clue what they were going to do with Coleman. I didn't know if he was just going to be like a, a, a vet teacher type of guy, but it seems like they're all getting a lot of run. It seems like they're all getting, you know, no one's really, really bad. I, which I think is a, is a, is a positive, right? Like I, I like for me, The early parts of training camp, if you're not just like an absolute just dumpster fire, I think you're fine. Um, So I would like to see more, uh, especially in the preseason game and see how, see what P. Ryan looks like, uh, especially see Carter, you know, in an NFL game, in an NFL setting with that type of stuff and not just going against the, you know, the, the defense. Uh, the Jets defense, someone, I don't know, is like banging something outside of my apartment and I have no clue what it is. So it's distracting me. I apologize. Um,
0: You're good. I can, you, I can hear you clear. You're good. But uh,
1: yeah, man, it, it, it's, it's just exciting to see that this whole group, it seems like, you know, not one guy is really, really bad because a lot of the times with the Jets and you could apply it to the MIMS thing too, right? Where if a guy were to go down, the drop, like the guy who started, say let's say Denzel Mims for example last year the drop-off from Mims to the to the guy who's going to be filling in for Mims was always like very very large when the guy starting wasn't you know top-notch to begin with good in a Jets sense but probably not in an NFL sense same thing with like running backs right and now it seems like you know maybe none of these guys are superstars but as a platoon I think they could be really really effective this year
0: yeah no I mean I Michael Carter to me seems like the guy that'll probably get the majority of majority of touches. And then it's going to be, you know, like the, the Pierron thing is weird. I, I've been higher on Piron than I think most people and not that, it's that a I think he's polarizing
1: thing. It's, a, it's yeah, like, one of it those, is like, sneaky polarizing topics on,
0: and jets Twitter. It is because you look at Piron; he had a great camp last year. It seemed like he was the one guy that like all camp. I mean, the team was obviously very bad and the whole nine yards, but I remember over and over again, everyone being like, this guy is making play after play. He's a game breaker, blah, blah. And I was like, I thought he was a solid player in college. I thought it was a decent pick. I didn't hate the pick at the time. And then he sprains the ankle and it felt like I was like really underwhelmed last year. I just felt like he didn't provide anything special. And I know you and Connor have talked about this, but he just kind of felt like a, your traditional RB three, which he still might be. And that's fine. As long as he's a contributor in some sense, I don't hate the pick, but I need to see it in a game where he's fully healthy and actually doing it because as good as it is to make to, you know, have some nice reps in camp. I want to see it during the green and white scrimmage. I want to see it week one versus the Giants. I want to see it against the Packers. And then I'll start to be like, okay, I see where this is going. Now I'm confident that that he can, you know, get some reps and, and feel good about it. Kevin Coleman to me, I felt like is either going to be healthy and be a contributor, or he was going to get hurt during camp and get cut. It was kind of no in between. Um, and then yeah, like I said, you know, Ty Johnson's gonna be a guy that's game breaking speed. I think. The four of them, I would say, are probably the guys that make the roster. And, it, you know, Josh Adams and, um, you know, a couple of those other guys that are on the roster, I, I don't see them, you know, making it. Maybe they're practice squad guys again. But if as long as the room – I feel the same way about the running back room the tight end room. As long as they can be at least league average, mm-hmm. which I think it adds so much to this offense because now you're allowing Wilson way more windows. If Michael Carter's solid and he's RB15 in fantasy, for example, whatever – the Jets won that draft. It's a fourth round draft pick that's contributing right away and is giving them good reps. I think the offensive line is going to be, is going to be tested. You brought this you know point up in the beginning. I think it's great for Becton to go against Carl Austin every day. I think I'd like to see, you know, AVT is going to, I'm sure it's, it's a very minor injury. They're going to be cautious about, but the defensive lines kicking the offensive line's ass hardcore until today. This is the first day I didn't hear loss and loss and loss and loss and Rankins do this Bryce Huff do this it was a couple of different plays but the defense as a whole I think is just going to play faster in camp I think that's the way it always it always starts what are your how what's your confidence level on this defense being even middle of the road in the league maybe they're between 12 and and 18 or do you think they kind of fall um a little bit further back into the 20s you know from a defensive perspective is it all just about corner for you
1: um Corner is obviously a huge part of it, right? Because it's one thing to, to, like, they're just bad. They're young and they're just not very good. Um, But I that's something that I can live with um, as opposed to previous years because it looks like Sala and Douglas realized, look, we can't build a whole new roster in one offseason. What we're going to do, we're going to try to rebuild this San Francisco defense that got them to a Super Bowl, and we're going to build it from the front to the back. And they got a platoon of guys on the defensive line, you know, knock on one that they can all stay healthy. Sheldon Rank, it's, I think is a, is a huge key for all of this.
0: Dude. Um, he looked, dude, he looked really, really good. Like he had a play. I'll post this clip. If I haven't already, he cut, he was like opposite. They ran right side. They probably ran power to the right side, like outside zone power. And he came across like cross face and just, I was like, this was, he looked really healthy and fast and like, 2018 Sheldon Rankins I was like if this guy could be Sheldon Rankins it's, that's it's a huge addition
1: it's going to be a problem and and having Lawson I think he's going to even open it up more for for a cue on the inside as well and having a guy like guys like John Franklin Myers and Bryce Huff like you know they're they're not got I think we're they're going to get a lot the, the hype is definitely deserved I think they put really well last year this year maybe the stats aren't there but I think having that good of a defensive line and guys who can consistently get pressure is going to open up opportunities, you know, for them as well. Um, I, a, a huge key for all this is the health of C.J. Mosley, right? Because I don't expect him to be the C.J. Mosley that we saw in Buffalo until I see it and see that he can be that. I, I just think it's a weird thing to expect for a guy who really hasn't played football in like two years. Like the New England game that he did play in on Monday night, looked like he was running in cement and it just seemed like they kind of threw him out there for whatever reason but if they can get maybe 70 to 75 percent of that CJ Mosley that was against Buffalo and then gradually kind of work him up and see how it happens throughout the season that's going to be a huge unlock for this defense as well the corners it is what it is right like we can talk about it till the cows come home they're just not very good and so I think they're anticipating they're going to try to just hammer it home and get home with that front seven, that front four, and hope that May you know, and uh, LaMarcus Joyner, who always, to me, is just the guy where I'm just like, hey, LaMarcus Joyner's on our team. Like, I just completely forget that he, they signed him, and every time I sit, it's like, hey, he's on our team. But a guy like him, um, you know, Ashton Davis is, is out, I think I saw for a little while. But those two safeties are going to have to mitigate, and the front seven is going to have to mitigate the corners, otherwise they're going to get eaten alive out there.
0: Yeah, no, I I just, they got lucky. They're lucky in terms of they've gotten already a couple breaks. Carson Wentz is injured. You were watching the clips of Jameis at Saints camp and safe to say it's not great. Um, You know, Michael Thomas is out for a long time and these different matchups obviously later in the year, but I I just, the defense to me, I, I don't think is an issue. And I think as much as corner is an issue there's a good chance that they're going to be able to get a real evaluation on Pinnock, Nichols, Isaiah Dunn, all these different guys, Bryce Hall in year two, bless Austin, whether it's, he's got talent. He just can t- he's either hurt or holds on a ton of plays. And it's like, can he string together a consistent amount of games? If these guys can, again, if they can just not suck right. and get, and, and get valuable reps, because look, if they, you know, optimistically, if one of those corners hits from this year and Bryce Hall is who people think he is, um, which I, I, I've liked what I've seen. Now the jets don't have to invest heavy money in, into the cornerback market and continue to take shots on later rounds, similar to what the Seahawks and, and Niners have done. Now it's like, okay, we can continue to go reinvest in edge. We can continue to go reinvest an offensive line and receiver and really build this defense and this team the way you want to. And it's that's why you got to hit on draft picks. And it kind of leads me to my next question. There's been some, very much panic, and I think it's semi warranted I don't think I'm as down on down on it as some people, but the twenty twenty draft class now a week and a half into their second training camp after what we saw last year, what's your level of confidence or panic of you know kind of what we've seen? obviously Ashton is hurt, so I don't want to count him there, but like the class as a whole felt like a huge win, and now. There's a lot of talk of it not really being as good of a draft class as people, must, people once thought.
1: For me, it was always tough because James Morgan was a fourth-round pick. It didn't suit up, one, didn't even dress for one game last year in what was one of the worst football seasons, like, of all time. So that, that was concerning. Um, you know, Cam Clark didn't dress last year. You know, obviously, I hope he's okay with what happened in practice this week but Camcock didn't dress last year for a team that had offensive line issues the entire season. Like, it's just these small little things where, you know, like the the Morgan fourth round pick was just boggles my mind. It still boggles my mind. I don't understand it. Um, p Ryan, we'll see this year. Um, It's just, look, man, Salah is not tied to any of those guys. So, as, as bad as – and maybe not bad, but as tough as it sounds, like it's put-up put or shut-up time for these guys. You know, I see we've seen – I think Morgan has been playing pretty well throughout camp, um, which is nice to see. I'd like to see him suit up for one game. Um, you know, obviously, Cam Clark, I hope he's all right health-wise. I think football is, you know, probably the the last thing we need to talk about with him right now. Um, but something like Braden Man was not very good last year. From, from people that I talk to that understand punting, uh wasn't very good. Um it's it's tough because it was also a year a, a total like anomaly of a year with covid, no training camp, you're throwing these guys in. You've got Adam Gates you know, leading the whole thing, so I don't know how much we can really take into account some of these guys not really doing much. Um so I think this year will be a big tell of who's here to stay and who's not. Uh I mean you got, you got a, a franchise up tackle last year. So the floor is, is already pretty high. Um, and that's, that's kind of where I stand on it, right? Like, if they don't have Becton, I think it's a huge issue. You got uh, Bryce Hall, you know, in the later rounds. And if he continues, like you were saying, if he continues to, to build off what we saw at the end of last season, that could be a, a, a late-round uh, hit for Joe Douglas. I mean, those two – I mean, Mims, we'll see what happens with him. He looked really good last year. Don't know what's going on with him this year. Um, I mean, if you come away with that, with, you know, two starters in Beckton and Hall, uh, and then Mims, if he can figure it out, I'd say it's a fine draft. Um, obviously, getting the franchise out tackle, like I was saying, elevates it, elevates that floor of the draft. Uh, I just think we need to see what P. Ryan's going to do, if Morgan can be a backup, um, and then obviously how Cam Clark, you know, recovers and is just a healthy human being.
0: Yeah, the the key, I guess, is, is Mims and Davis to me and Piran, I guess, because if Piran can stick around the roster and at least be an RB2, RB3 guy and be, you know, play out his rookie contract on the Jets and the Jets get four or five years of decent special teams and, and sporadic carries, that pick works. Davis was a starter I mean, last Ash year. And Davis, yeah, Ashton Davis is the key, I think. He
1: didn't
0: even you know, know how to play football last year. Like he
1: like he played football, I think like three years started playing three years before that, and you're throwing him out against like McCall Hardman in like week three. Like, yeah, no, he, it's... he's just got he's he's an athlete who's got to learn how to play football. I mean, anybody that gets thrown, anybody that's an athlete that gets thrown into an NFL game or NFL season is gonna struggle with the with the limited experience that he's had. I know Douglas really likes him, um, so he'll probably get a lot of chances this year. At, you know, knocking wood if he stays healthy. But he like he's a guy like I, I'm I'm taking what I said more so looking at the positives last year and trying to build out that than the negatives because like I like the guy does literally didn't start playing football until like four years ago.
0: You know if if Davis and Mims can figure it out and be contributors long term in Ryan, that's you've got two to five starters depending upon how you look at it. I'm not the Braid Man pick was a disaster. I don't care what Jets Twitter thinks about brain man he's really cool and i he's a nice guy and whatever and you know that you know the tackle against the rams that people i think should now like because it still ended up getting the jets to where they're going to be and whatever everything happens for a reason but he was really bad last year like he was not a good punter and i i i can't stress enough that the jets took a back quarterback and a punter with picks when they had a roster that was just needed talent so bad can we classify morgan as a backup if he didn't dress like what is he considered I don't, I How don't even I know. Considered? I don't know. He's just like a, he's like a taxi squad guy. Like, I, I don't know if he, like, if he long, if he long-term, if he's the backup this year, that pick's a win for me. hundred yeah, And if he doesn't make the roster, that pick is an epic failure. And it's on Gase. And I know, I know Robert Mace has brought this up and I talked to him about this. He, He's like, you know, that pick is probably a Gase pick. Yes. 100%. a hundred percent it's a Gase pick, but at the same time, it's still, again, like, I know Joe and Connor brought this up on on Badlands. It was like, you know, what's what do you consider Joe Douglas's record as the GM? Like, is this year one? It's like, no, he's he's been the GM for like two and a half years now. It's just now it's finally his team. So uh, we'll we'll see from from that perspective. Are you concerned in any way about some of the? Are you more optimistic, I should say, about the rest of the division based on some of the stuff that's come out of Patriots camp does not look the best from a quarterback perspective? <laughs> Two has looked good in camp, but it was really it was pretty bad last year. Big moments. The Bills are having their own issues. Do you feel more confident about the Jets win total seeing the rest of the AFCs and the way camp's played out so far? No,
1: because I, I need to see it with the Jets, right? Like everyone, I I get it. We're all very, very excited about Salah. We're all very, very excited about Wilson. We're all very excited about X, Y, and Z. I need to see them play an NFL football game first. I just – I simply do. Like, Bill, you know, the Patriots, yeah, I mean, I love the moves that they made this offseason. Say what you want. They had one of their best – one of the best offenses of all time when they had that two tight end set, and they can run a lot out of that. Um, I mean, the like Cam – the camp thing was always weird to me because yeah, he looked bad last year, but he had COVID and we saw guys like Lamar like wasn't himself for a while. And, and obviously, and like Cam played really, really well. I thought in those first two weeks, especially the Seattle game, he played phenomenal and then he gets COVID and then like, it just goes, the tailed off. Like it was the same thing with like Tatum this year for basketball. Like he had, he literally like had to use a. uh, inhaler to open up his lungs to breathe like I don't think we can just count it out that like COVID was a thing now was it a lot like the Patriots didn't have a lot of weapons sure I think they've retooled that um you know I think their defense and I think Bill kind of realized what they were last year and the pieces that they needed and I think they did a fine job of of the moves Miami's a weird one um because for Tua I'm not out on Tua right now um for me, it was only, like, it was nine games last year, a super weird year, Um, and, you know, seeing what he was in college, it, it leads me to believe there's something in there where they can get out of Tua, and I'm a big fan of Flores. Taking that team for what it was, and, or even two years ago when he came in, and bringing that team, and for the first, like, five, six games, everyone was like, they're tanking for, you know, tanking for Tua. They ultimately ended up getting it, which was super weird. But, like, and then gradually getting better that year and competing. And then last year, they had a two-quarterback system and won 10 games and almost made the playoffs. And they were competitive in a lot of those games. So, like, for me, like, Flora, I don't know why people are really that down on Flores. I thought he did a, a lot with not a lot last year. Um, the whole thing of, like, people leaving, whatever. The guy won 10 games at the Miami roster last year with Ryan Fitzpatrick and a first-year Tua. Like, that's – that's that's pretty good. The Bills are interesting to me because Allen Allen's obviously legit. And I think we can all agree that he's legit now. Um getting digs, I think, it was huge for him. It's just a whole lot different when you have the target on your back. Right? Like they, they kind of creeped up on teams two years ago, last year, then the AFC championship game. It's a whole different ball game, especially now with fans too when there's the pressure of having to produce because the bills for years have always just been like, you know, the, the, the lovable, like, Oh, haha, the bills are fun. Like, you know, fun to go to games or whatever. And now that they're like, Hey, like this team could make a super bowl. That's all. That's the added pressure. And that's something that they're going to have to deal with. And I mean, for me, McDermott showed kind of showed me a lot in that AFC championship game. Um. And it wasn't a lot of good things. It, it kind of seemed to me like he kind of, I don't want to say rolled over, but it seemed like he was a little out of his element. And maybe that's something he learns from. Because I think I said it too when they, they lost to Houston in that weird game uh, a couple of years ago too in the in the wild card round. So maybe he learns from that. But Buffalo, I think with the target on their back, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But as for the Jets to kind of bring it all to a head, I, I we got to see them play, right? Like, we, we have to. I can't I can't put a, a first-time head coach, a first-year quarterback, guy who's never called a play before in LaFleur, and just say, hey, like, they're going to compete for the division. Like, I just – I can't do it. As much as I'm excited and everyone's excited about, we have to be, I think, a little realistic about this, and there's going to be a learning curve. Now, I think a success for the Jets this year is, are you competing with good teams? Are you not getting – you know, is it a close game? Is it a one, two possession game throughout your scoring points? And it just comes down to, hey, this team just has more talent than us. And they're just, they're a better coach than us because our guy is a first year head coach. If they can come away and you can look at the season and kind of just, I don't want to say throw out the record, but look at the games for what they are. And they're in these games and there's a lot to build on. I think that's considered a huge win for this franchise.
0: Yeah, the division's going to be tough. The, the Jets, the Jets' chance of kind of upsetting the Apple Card and, and making a wild card or and whatever is going to be dependent on can they win? A, can they steal a few division games? Right. They're, they're the fourth best team in the division until they prove otherwise. And as much as you said, as long as we, we can be excited all we want, the Patriots have owned the Jets for a long time. And the Dolphins, the Jets, for some reason, are awful when they go to down to Miami. And the bills are the bills. Like they're, they're a title favorite team, you know, along with the chiefs and the Ravens and the Browns and, and all these other teams. So I'll put you on the spot here before we start to finish up a couple rattle off of, rattle off a few here. Mm. Surprise guy who gets cut from this roster that people are, are assuming that probably will, but for whatever reason gets cut on a uh, cut on, oh, cut God. down day. Wow.
1: That's a good one. Um.
0: My my surprise guy going to camp was going to be potentially either Ryan Griffin or Tevin Coleman. We're going to be guys that were vets that are good and can produce but have struggled with injury or a new system. So I'm still gonna go with one of the one of the tight ends is gonna get cut, whether it's uh Griffin, Croft, Hurd is not gonna get cut. I mean, they're starting now and they look fine, but I don't think they keep four tight ends, including Wesco on the roster actively. I
1: think it'll be I think it might be barrios or it'll be one of the d-line guys like foley or nathan Shepard.
0: yeah that makes no that i think those those are the guys that kind of stand out to me if that alex lewis too i feel like he's a guy that they restructured but if he's gonna miss a ton of time during camp i, I have a hard time seeing him make the roster yeah
1: barrios uh, is yeah. a lot of love on social and i love barrios but like he's a guy where i could just see this like yeah like Vincent Smith has just outplayed him in every special teams facet and like it's just whatever
0: yeah I mean it's it's all about like how much they value somebody that's gonna not fumble punts and be a guy that's like rare like I love Barrios. like I think everyone does I just it's gonna be interesting to see that do they keep seven receivers and three tight ends do they keep four tight ends and six receivers like you know I mean like it's all gonna break down of how they kind of view the backs and honestly a guy that I know you've mentioned before, and a lot of Joe's mentioned, and people. Piron was a guy who was like, Oh, I don't know. There's a chance he doesn't make this roster, but if he plays really well, it's going to change a lot of things because it, it opens up. He probably holds on to a roster spot that maybe Vincent Smith or Barrios or Ryan Griffin, you know, get sneak in, you know, on the roster. So we'll see from that. couple last quick things here draft prospect you are most looking forward to watch. You're a huge draft guy. You do a lot of stuff with Battle with Connor. Guy you cannot wait to watch in the fall that might be a potential Jets target depending upon, you know, maybe a middle of the first round guy. You're like, I'm really excited to watch this guy play non-COVID year. Um, in it so.
1: It's Stingley. I love Stingley. Like, if there's one position that I love, it's corners. And I was a big JC Horn guy and I was a big Jair Alexander guy. They're both very, very physical. They're both aggressive and they both like to talk a lot. And Stingley... Stingley was a treat to watch his freshman year and absolutely dominated. And I'm, I'm just super, super excited to see him again and play this year in a full non knock on wood, hopefully non COVID year. I love Stingley. Love
0: him. I Stingley is awesome. And I hope he has the same year. He had um, freshman year as opposed to sophomore year, which, in which he wasn't, he was still really good last year. Like it just, he, he struggled in the Bama game and a few other games, the guy I think, and I've talked about this, I'm not, the draft's not my expertise, I don't start watching the draft stuff until the draft comes around, but mm. Drake London, and with that Jets second first round pick, um, if Chris Herndon, if Drake London puts on 20 pounds, he's going to be an all-pro tight end in the NFL, I'm very, like, the guy's an elite level basketball player at, in the Pac-12, and is in jump balls, the way he runs routes, things like that, that's a guy that I All right, so
1: here's a question now that you brought yeah. up tight end. What's, I've had I've been racking my brain about this for a while now. What's more valuable to an offense, an elite tight end or an elite wide receiver?
0: I think an elite tight end is more valuable from the right. aspect that there's just so few. I was going through it, and I was, I was thinking about this, and I know they did this in the PFF show of drafting, you know, the next, like 10 guys to build your franchise with. There's just Mike and, and Mike and Austin going back and forth. There's three tight ends that you're like holy like wow and then the rest are like guys that are good in the system or have an elite trait but aren't consistent like yeah. an Evan Ingram's super fast and he's a really good route runner but can't catch or yeah. block or whatever or Robert Tonian or whatever all these guys you know like they, they're fine and Chris Hurton's got elite traits until he's a really really good athlete and he's a he's a good pass catcher and these things but he just can it's not he's not consistent can't stay healthy so Waller Kelsey and Kittle are so ridiculously good like the Niners' offense didn't have an elite receiver. and made the Super Bowl with an elite-level defense, an elite right. tight end, and a really good offensive line. I, I I think there's a million different receivers. I think Devontae Adams is exceptional. I think Elijah Moore, whatever. Just for example, for the Jets, right. if Elijah Moore is the one that we all want him to be, and he turns out to be that guy, that's great. But there's also, you know, there is things, like even in their own division, there's guys that can compete with him. Whereas like if you have an elite tight end. I think it's more valuable. I think probably it's similar to going, like, elite-level edge rush or elite-level corner. I just think that the tight ends also involved in every play, no matter what. Receivers, mm-hmm. even if a great blocking receiver, and I played a receiver in tight end, so, like, I don't know. If you can block as a tight end, like, what George Kittle does and Kelsey and Waller to an extent, but what Kittle does is just so ridiculous mm-hmm. that, like, I don't think people – can fully appreciate until you watch that San Francisco tape from last year yeah. and go He's a demon. Wow, this is ridiculous. No, this just ridiculous. <laughs> like or pit or, or Pitts is going to be. I, there's no question to me, Kyle Pitts will be a top five tight end by the end of the year. Yeah, just, Kittle's just an absolute demon. It'll it'll be interesting. Last two last two quick ones here. QB matchup for the Jets you're most excited about and game you're most excited about. They could be the same thing. For me, it's I'm most excited about the Lawrence Wilson matchup from a pure quarterback perspective, just because I think it puts, it's a, it's going to be a, like, enough sample size for both guys. That it's going to be a real true test of like who's further along and who's in a better situation and game. I'm most looking forward to is week two. How about yourself?
1: Yeah. I mean, it has to be week two is a game. I'm looking forward to like everybody back in the stands. It's, it's going to be super fun to go to uh, and the quarterback is Tom, right? It's Tom. that's like it's I mean there's for me like the Lawrence uh Wilson thing is like cool but it's also the Jaguars so it's like who really cares about the Jaguars um but for me it's Tom right because the way that they scheduled it out too is you know if the Jets are like sneaky like playoff team like on the graphic in like December like it would be so fitting for Tom to come into MetLife and just ruin it like he's done for a billion years now so Wilson, yeah, Wilson versus them, and seeing him go up against, uh, you know, Bowles' defense and that type of defense, um, especially with, with, because we saw last year with Tampa Bay, right, where they clicked after the bye week, after week 12, and maybe seeing them, you know, starting to click and see where they kind of, you know, match up against uh, an elite offense and an elite team like that, because Tom's going to be in rhythm by that time. It'll be a really good test for that defense going up against a guy like that, so yeah, quarterback matchup is probably versus Tom in the Bucks. The game, it's a thousand percent the past week too.
0: Well, last thing we'll finish up on—you obviously do some NBA writing yourself, which is pretty awesome. A lot happened in the NBA last couple of days. I'm a diehard Nets fan. I know most of the TOJ channel and most of the listeners are probably diehard Knicks fans. You are a huge Celtics guy.
1: Yeah.
0: What's your opinion on the Kemba move? Because there's a lot of excitement. It's a New York guy from the Bronx. Kemba's awesome, but has struggled a lot, to say the least, with the knees and, and stuff like that. I know it's a minimum deal, but should Nick fans be as excited as they are? And I, I apologize, Steven and Joe Capros, and everybody, but this probably won't be the most pleasant Knicks conversation.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kemba, you know, he's from the area. It's it's cool. It'd be cool to see him in MSG. But, like, the thing for me with that the pissed me off most about Kemba was – and I, I, I've i had a lot of conversation with people about this. There are a lot of times where the Celtics would be down, you know, seven or eight, and they just – they absolutely just need a bucket. And I would see Kemba pull up with, like, 19 on the clock for, like, a three and then just complain and then not play defense. And it was the most frustrating thing. The knee is a serious problem. I downplayed it um, for a while because when he got back to the bubble oh, – Dude, like, if,
0: that's, if that story is true that Rossello and Simmons talked about with the – Oh, I mean, it's, he didn't properly rehab the knee. That's really disappointing. Like, really it, disappointing.
1: And you know, we saw it last year, like, not playing a majority of the back-to-backs. Um, and the defense thing, man. Like, granted, right? Like, I'm not trying to, you know, clown the Knicks fan. Like, it's fun. It's it's exciting to like get fun players. Kemba's was a fun player. I just, I like, I just don't know if that's a guy that you can advance far with now I think it's an upgrade after over what they had last year because um, I think that Hawk series goes a really different way if they have a guy who can go at Trey Young because it, it seemed to me like they just did like Rose just is it wasn't working with Rose like they just needed a guy who can you know get isolated on Trey and, and take him and take him to the hoop and, and expose him on defense um, so it'd be good to have a guy like him I, for Nick's fans, I think the only hope is Kemba realizing he's not the Kemba from UConn and the Big East, and doesn't try to be the max contract Kemba guy. He's gonna have to rework his game a little bit, and to be that type of guy. But that neat, man, like talk about a guy, like Tibbs is gonna run him into the ground, and he we might not even see him for like three weeks at some point late in the season.
0: Yeah, there's been a couple of puzzling moves. I think the Russell Westbrook move is an absolute train wreck to the Lakers. It's not – I love Russ. I cannot be more – the admirableness, whatever the right word is, I don't know if that's even a word. But that (laughs) Russ plays so hard every night, it's amazing. I think it's incredible for the league. I think it makes regular season games fun watching Russ. But the Lakers are – I don't know how you're supposed to – like playing defense as great as LeBron is and AD and all that stuff. They have no shooting. They Russ does not provide size for them. And I think the Nets fully healthy are still the best team in the in the world or a league, whatever. Yeah. I think that the Celtics, if they get a fully healthy Tatum and Brown and they get a different type of energy around, I think they can give them problems in the East. I think I just and the Warriors, I, I don't know. If the Warriors get Ben Simmons as much as Ben Simmons sucked all playoffs, a healthy clay and Ben Simmons and Curry and all these guys, it's pretty disgusting. (laughs) So,
1: Getting Simmons in an up-and-down system like the Warriors where you're not relying on him the majority of time being in a half-court set would do wonders for him. Like, he doesn't – That's I think that's where he would shine most is, you know, where he can – it's not – the Philly thing was just weird because you're having him run half-court sets and teams are realizing, like, this guy's not going to shoot. So you're just going to sag off of him. And then you're going to him – like, he comes out for the last two minutes of games – and you're basically telling your center to go make plays that centers are not supposed to be making it in, in, in huge games. You're trying to bring him out from the hoop. You're trying to have him shoot jump shots. And then he's really good at that, but you just don't want your center in critical games in the playoffs being the focal point and bringing him outside away from the basket. It just didn't make a lot of sense. Simmons to the Warriors would be fun. Um, yeah, man. I mean, for the Celtics, you know, all I wanted to see last year in the playoffs for the Celtics, was can Tatum realize that he can play with a Durant and a Harden and be like, Hey, like, it's kind of like that mellow. Thing. Oh, he
0: can, he, he can. Durant said Damn. it on his podcast. He was like, dude, Tatum is unbelievable. Like he is, he's going to be a dude. Like,
1: yeah. And that, but that was the thing. Cause we would see Tatum games where, you know, he'll go for 60 or whatever. And then the next couple games, it would be like, all right, like, come on man, like, let's, let's lock it in. But I think that playoffs really showed me like, Hey, no Jalen. Kemba is whatever, you know. We don't really have a lot right now. Let let me see if I can run with these dudes, and he showed me that he could. So I'm excited about Tatum, and yeah, Jalen. I love Jalen, love Jalen with all my heart.
0: I'm uh, I'm very excited to see you know the way this jet season is going to play out. Last question before we let you go, putting you on the spot: if you had to put uh, as of August 5th, record prediction. What's your, uh, what's your Jess record prediction for the uh, 2021 season? Six and, what was it, 12? Yeah, six and, uh, six and 11. Six and 11, I think. Yeah, six and 11 makes sense. Yeah. 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 All right, six and 11. I knew I was going to screw that up. <laughs> it, it's,
1: I know, dude,
0: the number thing is weird. It's like, oh, they're going to, they, if I think they win eight games, I, I bet the over on six and a half. I think they either, they either win seven or eight, depending on how hot Wilson gets. I think right. if, if Zach Wilson hits the ground running, and they catch some breaks on the schedule and quarterback play and weather and all these things, they could win nine games. I also think there's a road they win four games, but Wilson's awesome and they blow leads late and, and the whole nine, whatever the jets have the best case for the jets is that the Panthers aren't very good. The Seahawks aren't very good. And Wilson's the guy because the playoffs is kind of a mandate in 2022. So um, we, I appreciate having, you have, you know, coming on the pod and, um, for sure, man. Yeah, you know, you're doing it, you're doing a ton of good stuff. And I know you do a ton of good stuff with Connor with Badlands and you're doing a lot of NBA stuff and, and whatnot. So um, you know, hopefully next time we have you on, we can talk a little, you know, more positivity and hopefully the team's in a good spot where we can actually properly evaluate them. For sure, man. And
1: yeah, dude, it's it's super exciting in, in to be a Jets fan right now. And I don't think that's something that we could say with full confidence for a while now.
0: Yeah, since since for about two quarters in the 2019 season when they, before Sam gets mono yeah, and Mosley, right? Sam gets mono, CJ Mosley's, you know, abs get destroyed and it's all over from there. And then Le'Veon right. Bell gained weight and the rest is history. Exactly. But uh, We'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week and uh, we appreciate you coming on.